fun. We'll be back in our place there, and uh, we're continuing our series uh, on uh, our Sunday evening services on the subject of the last day's mindsets, the last day's mindsets. And, you know, folks, um, I, uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword, kind of keeping up with uh, what's going on in our world, and I want to stay informed, but I'll be honest with you, man, it, it can be very, very discouraging. And when we see everything happening, I mean, it seems like maybe in our community here, small town, uh, we're kind of a little bit sheltered uh, from some of the stuff going on. But my goodness, it seems everywhere we look, there's some kind of just massive tragedy, massive turmoil. I mean, everywhere, folks. Now, listen, uh, don't let those things discourage you, all right? Now, I understand that it is, when I said a double-edged sword, man, your heart goes out to those people that are, that are going through that stuff. I mean, could you imagine being a family that's dealing with uh, the aftermath of the, the shooting happened yesterday in Texas? I mean, you know, there was children killed in that. And, I mean, you can't help but as a compassionate Christian human being, your heart go out to those folks. And, uh, but, folks, let me tell you what, all, all that's going on. Amen? Uh, it's, it's what we talked about this morning, the perilous times. And listen, it's not a matter of perilous times will come. They are here. Amen? They are here. And everything we see happening, this is leading up to something. I don't know about you all, but when I'm interacting with people and, and uh, just, you know, uh, uh, seeing what's going on, it, 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 it's, you can almost sense something is about to happen. And uh, it seems like we're almost at a tipping point, and we're very, very close to that. And I'll tell you what that tipping point's going to be. It's going to be that trumpet sounding, amen? And so uh, even though it can be discouraging as a Christian, uh, we have the right uh, outlook on it. And so I don't want these things to discourage you. I don't want you to, you know, be down in the dumps and, you know, uh, you know running for the hills, digging bunkers, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, again, we need to be prepared for these things. And... Uh, and especially when it comes to our interaction with other people, so that we can use this as an opportunity to let them know what the Bible has to say. Amen? And so uh, that's kind of the direction we're going with some of this stuff. So if you find your place, stand with me. Romans chapter 1. And uh, uh, we'll just read verses 28 through 32. Verses 28 through 32. The Bible says this, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge... God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, uh, without understanding, uh, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you meet with us tonight. I pray you'd speak to us tonight, God. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to uh, take away some things from the message that will help us be prepared, Lord, as we are living in these last of the last days. And Lord, we don't know how much time we have left. We can kind of see the things going on. We can compare it to your word and know that you are very soon to return. And I pray, God, you'd help us as your people, Lord, not to be discouraged, Lord, but to stay in the battle, stay in the fight, Lord, and be what you'd have for us to be. We love you. We thank you now. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. We've uh, looked down through this chapter, and uh, we've seen the, um, <clears throat> the, the, the topics there in Romans chapter 1 of a society. 
And by the way, when, when, when we took the first step on that journey, which the first thing we talked about, verse 18, was atheism. Listen, folks, that journey ends someplace. It has an ending place. And uh, that ending place uh, is what we're going to look at tonight. And that's what we see uh, there uh, when uh, the Bible talks about that God gave them over in verse 28. And the ending place of starting down this path is that of the reprobate mind. And uh, we uh, see the path that, that leads there. It's the, uh, I'm sorry, atheism in verse 18 and uh, 21. Evolution, verse 22 and 23. Immorality, verse 24. Humanism, verse 25. We talked about last week homosexuality in verse 26 and 27. And then finally, it ends in verses 28 through 32, what we read tonight, and that is the reprobate mind. Now listen, folks, you say, well, what does that even mean? Well, what is that? Well, it's always important to define Bible words from the Bible itself, okay? The word reprobate is defined as something that is rejected, worthless, or a castaway. Or you could kind of take all those terms and put it together and say this, when a person reaches the point of reprobate, it's the point of no return. And again, as you go through the Scripture, you know what you find out? You find out people crossing God's lines that He has established and there's no coming back from that. And man, you can chase this all through the Scripture. Uh, kind of starts back, if you will, uh, really back to Adam and Eve. I mean, God set a line in the garden and said, don't do this. And they crossed that line. Guess what? There was no coming back from that. Listen, they, could have, they were sorry, no doubt. They wished they wouldn't have done it. But you know what? God kicked them out of the garden. They never went back in. They crossed God's line. Uh, you could look at the pre-flood world and how that uh, there in Genesis chapter 6 and all that was going on. And finally God had enough and said, you know what, you crossed the line with me. And uh, so much to so, there was only eight righteous people left on the earth. And God said, there is no coming back from this. And they uh, crossed God's line. You could look at the uh, Tower of Babel where mankind and, uh, decided they were going to get together and unite in their rebellion against God. And by the way, just a you know, little detour here, but that Tower of Babel, if you study that out, listen folks, they weren't literally trying to build a tower that reached into outer space. They were trying to uh, open portals to worship false deities and false entities. That's what was going on when it talks about a tower was built into heaven. Uh, you study that, study that out historically with Nimrod and all that was going on. They were literally trying to access things that God said you shouldn't be accessing. Kind of like today, what science is trying to do. I mean, listen, folks, all this stuff's coming full circle. Okay, if you heard of this thing in Switzerland, it's called CERN. And by the way, I heard an interesting, um, uh, some information about that. Uh, what it is, it's a, a, a particle collider. And they're trying to smash particles together at the speed of light to see what happens. Well, they know what they're doing. By the way, they are trying to use science to open up portals to the spirit world, what they're trying to do. They've even said that what they're trying to do, and they've already been in contact with, here's what they call it, entities from other dimensions. That's what they're doing. By the way, the word CERN, okay? Man, you, you start doing some studying all this stuff. That's not an acronym. That's the name of a false Canaanite god, CERN, okay? And all this stuff, folks, listen, mankind are doing things, and God comes to a point where God says, you're not crossing that line. And God intervenes and stops some of this stuff. 
God did it with the children of Israel through the wilderness. Uh, they, he did it when uh, the Jews rejected Jesus Christ as their Messiah. God just said, listen, you're crossing lines. There ain't no coming back from it. Well, you know what? Uh, we, we can relate that to a society. We can relate that to a, a nation. But uh, tonight we're looking at how that can relate to an individual. And I believe that's the case, folks. Listen, God is merciful, no doubt about it. He's long-suffering. But there comes a point in time where mankind keeps uh, thumbing their face, their, 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 their fist in the face of God, and God says, you know what? I'm giving you over. Enough is enough. And uh, when, you, when, you crawl, when you go down this road, that's where it ends up at. Now we see, I don't want you uh, to um, uh, take away what I'm not saying from this message, okay? Because the Bible tells us when a person's given over to a reprobate mind, the sins, in verse 29 says, they they are filled with these things, okay? So just because a person may commit one of these sins doesn't necessarily make them a reprobate, okay? But what we see here, it means this, when you start committing these sins, you're playing with fire. You're playing with fire. And let me tell you something. One of the most dangerous things to do is to tempt the mercy of God. And by the way, God is merciful. And you know what? Sometimes when we do something we shouldn't, God may rebuke us a little bit. He may bring some chastisement in our life. But you know what? Why is it as human beings that you know, we can't learn the easy way? We keep tempting God. You keep crossing these lines with God. You keep playing around with this stuff. You're walking on treading, you're treading very dangerous ground here. Because you know what happens is, when, when, when people begin to commit these sins, and uh, they're playing around with these things, before long they're given over to them, and then as it says right here, they are filled with these things. Amen? So as we go through this tonight, listen, this isn't necessarily a message condemning the lost world, okay? Listen, we know the world's lost, there's no doubt about it. But you know there's even, I believe, Christians that have turned reprobate. I'm not saying they're not going to heaven. I'm just saying they've literally filled themselves with these reprobate things. And now listen, I'm not God. I can't read a heart. I don't know where all this stuff lands at. The argument could be, well, uh, can a person truly be born again and be given over to a reprobate mind? I don't know. I'm not God. I don't know. All I know is, folks, listen, we don't want these sins in our lives. Okay? And again, I'm not saying, you know, maybe you've committed something like this. And No, I'm talking about these things filling your life. All right? And so we're going to look at some of these tonight. And uh, again, let, let's, let's let the Holy Spirit um, speak to us in the areas we, uh, we, need to, um, uh, we need Him to speak to us about. All right? So let's look at this. I won't take a ton of time on each one, but the Bible mentions them. And I think it's pretty interesting that, again, you can correlate this list with the list we looked at this morning in 2 Timothy chapter 3, and almost all these things are on the same list, okay? Or a form of these things. That's not an accident, amen? And let me tell you what we're living in, folks. Truth be told, the last of the last days, we're living in a reprobate world. I mean, come on, how can people do what they do? How can people walk into a, a school and shoot up kids? Or in a mall without remorse? Just, just killing kids and killing people. How can parents, how can mamas, like we talked about this morning, that love of a mama, how can mom, moms be involved in, 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 in torture and mutilation of their children and just discarding their, kid, their, their children like a piece of rubbish? I mean, how, how is this stuff possible? I'll tell you how it's possible. They've been given over to a reprobate mind. Amen? And so let's look at this tonight. Let's look at a few things here. Notice what it says, first of all, verse 29. 
being filled with all unrighteousness. Very simply put, a reprobate, when given a choice between doing, saying, thinking the right thing or the wrong thing, they almost always choose wrong. They almost always choose wrong. By the way, folks, life is a series of choices. Multiple choices. Ask yourself a question, alright? When faced with an opportunity to either sin or not sin, to do right, do wrong, what's your choice? I get it. We all have temptation. We all have the pull of the flesh. But listen, we, I, I think sometimes we give too much credit to the pull of the flesh. Because if you're born again, you've got something greater in you that can overact the flesh. Amen? It's called the Spirit of God. And we need to quit using our flesh as an excuse to sin and start realizing God has given us power, Romans chapter 6, where sin no more had dominion over us. So why is it we're always choosing wrong instead of right? Okay, being filled with all unrighteousness. Notice what else it says, verse 29. Fornication. Fornication comes from the Greek word porneia. By the way, guess what English word comes from that? Amen? A reprobate's mind and actions are constantly given to perverseness. Perverseness. Listen, you men that work out in the world, especially in these factories and coal mines where there's a bunch of gathering of people, the, perver- the perversion and filth is just almost uncomprehendable. That, that, that people, the things they talk about, the things they joke about, the things that they just come out of their mouth without even thinking, perverseness and, and, and filthiness. Listen, folks, let me tell you what the opposite of that is. It's, it's a pure mind in action. Amen? And again, the world is going to do what the world's going to do. But that shouldn't be said of God's people. Amen? And by the way, I get it. I understand, man. We all at some point, especially as men, fight this stuff. But listen, God gives you a way to fight it and combat it. Why are we not fighting? Why are we not standing up? Why aren't we asking God to help us have a clean and pure mind? Amen? Filled with fornication. What else do we see? Wickedness. Wickedness uh, talks about depravity. Always plotting on how to do or get away uh, with things that are wrong. Remember, there, 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 there's, we understand sin is sin, okay? Sin means to miss the mark. And truth be told, every single one of us are sinners. We all fall short. But there's a difference between sin, evil, and wickedness. Wickedness is planning uh, bad things, thinking about bad things. You know, always trying to figure out ways to do bad. That's wickedness, amen? And again, folks, that is exactly what we see happening in the lives of people today. I mean, they're filled with this stuff. They're always plotting on how to do or get away with evil. They're always plotting that. They're always turning that around in their minds. What else do we see here? It says this, covetousness. Now remember, uh, when it says being filled with, it's not just talking about the first um, noun on the list there, All right, It's all of these things, being filled with these things. Covetousness. You know what a reprobate mind is controlled by? Greed. Let me tell you, you want to you really truth be told, and the Bible tells us this, the, the, the love of money is the root of all evil. Amen? Not money, the love of money. You really want to start figuring out why these things are going on? You know what they always say, follow the money. And truth be told, folks, the reason we have these, the, these unspeakable things going on in our world, from human trafficking to, to, to pedophilia and all this other stuff, even uh, pornography like we just talked about a few minutes ago, you know why? Because of the love of money. Greed. Amen? And listen, uh, a person that's a reprobate, all they think about, all their motivation is, is how they can gain the things they want, and they'll resort to fraud, extortion, and anything and everything, a legal activity to get it. Amen? Listen, folks, again, 
filled with those things. And we've got to be careful, even as Christians, that we don't get our mind and all we want are things that we don't have. By the way, isn't it amazing that, you know, there's something you think you want so bad and when you finally get it, it doesn't fill the need that you thought it was going to? I mean, that's just human nature, okay? That's the way this stuff is. Remember we talked about that big hole in somebody's heart that everybody uh, wants to try to fill it with? Well, listen, you can fill it with anything and everything, but there's only one thing that will satisfy that hole, amen? And that is that, number one, knowing Jesus Christ and as a Christian, living for Jesus Christ. That's what fills the hole. Listen, covetousness, greed, materialism isn't going to fill that. And people are filled with those things. I mean, folks, listen, you could, and I'm just, just off the top of my head thinking of examples. I mean, the part of the reason we're in the mess we're in in Washington, D.C. is covetousness, is greed. I mean, folks, come on. It doesn't take a rocket science to figure out, okay, how some of these politicians are, you know, making a politician's salary, which, by the way, is, 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 is way more than what the common man makes, a salary, but yet, all, you know, it's a, they can, you know, afford five or six different luxury houses, you know, and then they're supposedly millionaires and multimillionaires. Let me tell you, come on, it's not rocket science to figure out. That doesn't happen off a salary that they're making off the U.S. government. Where's all that coming from, folks? I mean, do they really think we're that stupid? Covetousness. Man, there's all kinds of illegal, shady stuff going on. What's the next thing we see on the list? Here's a word you don't hear much of, maliciousness. Okay, that word simply means, uh, an easy way to explain it, is badness. He's given to naughtiness, always causing trouble, troublemakers, amen? Always stirring the pot, always looking ways to not live peaceably with all men. Malicious, they're, 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 they're always involved in things that aren't right. The next thing we see is the word envy. The word envy simply means controlled by jealousy feeling ill will toward others, especially if something good happens to them. And again, folks, I understand these are all things that at some point maybe in life we've dealt with, but uh, uh, these should not be the things that we're filled with, full of envy. I'll often say this, listen, you ought to be able to look at, at somebody when something good happens to them and say this, I'm happy for you and mean it. Amen? And mean it. You know, how, how come is it all of a sudden if something good happens to somebody else, if somebody else gets a, you know, a head in life or gets a promotion or gets something that maybe we thought we deserved, all of a sudden, you know, that, that there's this, this thing that wells up inside of us and, and we get mad about it. Listen, folks, that is not how Christians ought to be living. Amen? Full of envy. And then surprise, surprise, guess what happens because of that stuff? Murder. Amen? Murder. By the way, all these things... Uh, our, our, our climax. And you know what that all oftentimes leads in? Murder. Hatred and jealousy spills over into thoughts of violence. Now remember, you go back to Genesis chapter 6. The Bible says that in Noah's day, the earth was filled with violence. By the way, that's exactly what we see happening today. Violence. By the way, the answer to that, okay, is not to disarm uh, uh, citizens to protect themselves. That's not the answer, nor has it ever been the answer. I saw a thing the other day, and it, um, uh, I'm not going to say it. I can't remember exactly. I don't want to botch it up. But basically the fact of how silly it is to, you know, you want to disarm uh, legal citizens to protect themselves from, from people committing illegal activities. Okay? But I'm going to tell you something, folks. In fact, uh, I got a message I preached. I preached it before, and it's probably been a while since I preached. I ought to do it again. But it's our biblical right to keep and bear arms. Amen. 
Amen. By the way, Jesus uh, had what well, he thought it was necessary for his disciples to have a sword. By the way, in our day and age, that would be considered a, uh, a firearm. Amen. And then he, he wanted them to be able to protect themselves. Amen. And he told them, listen, if you've if you got to sell a cloak to buy a sword, you ought to do it. Because dangerous times are coming. And I think that uh, it's uh, our biblical right that we ought to protect ourselves. Self-defense. Amen. I will say it like this. My firearm is my defensive weapon. The Word of God is my offensive weapon. And I believe that's what it ought to be. Amen. But I'm telling you, folks, there's murder going on. And all this stuff. I mean, if you don't think that Satan hates Christians and hates the God-fearing people, I mean, if he could, the Bible says that he was a thief and a murderer and a liar from the beginning. Amen. To still kill and destroy. That's what he wants to do. And listen, God wants you to protect yourself and protect your family. And I'm not trying to scare you tonight by any means, but listen, folks, that's where the reprobate's at, full of murder. What else do we see here? It says uh, debate. Uh, debate kind of kind of goes back to uh, the, the word malicious, but it simply means quarrelsome, given to strife, always contentious toward other people. The Bible has a lot to say in the book of Proverbs about contention. Always looking to try to stir things up. Amen? And listen, folks, uh, the Holy Spirit of God does not... One of the fruits of the Spirit is not contention. I can tell you that. Okay? It's not debate. It's not always trying to stir the pot. Listen, one of the fruits of the Spirit uh, talks about unity. Amen? Talks about uh, uh, getting along together, loving people, forgiving uh, people. Amen? And so listen, that's what, the, uh, that's what the reprobate is. He's full of debate. And then right after that, it says the word deceit. Talking about guile and subtility to deceive and trick people. By the way, I wonder where that comes from. Amen? Always trying to trick and deceive you better believe, folks, let me tell you something. There is a mass campaign of deception that goes on in the world we're living in today. That's why I try to warn you about always just bobbleheading everything you stink and hear about stuff. I mean, listen, you can't believe the mainstream media worth anything. They will flat out lie to you. They've been lying all day long. You understand what's about ready to happen? Title 42 is getting ready to expire. That has to do with uh, people coming across our border illegally. And, and they'll stand up there, and they, I've heard them say it this week, oh, we don't have a crisis at our border. Oh, oh, trust the president. He's got it under control. I mean, does anybody in the right mind actually believe that? Do you realize there is, I want to say it's about 2,000, and maybe it's 4,000, illegal migrants come across our border daily. They're literally busting, busting them all over the interior of the country because they don't know what to do with them. They tell us that O'Hare Airport, have so many illegal people living in the airport that people can't hardly get through and do what they got to do because they're just camping out there illegally. I'm going to tell you, folks, there is a mass um, uh, campaign of deception going on, and they're lying to us, and they expect it. Oh, just because the government says we ought to believe it, we ought to. No, don't believe it. Amen? Listen, we ought to question these things. We ought to stand up for what's right. Don't be a bobblehead. Listen, I don't want you to bobblehead just what I tell you. Listen, you better be checking out what I say with the Word of God, whether it matches or not. Let me tell you how people are led into deception. They just bobblehead everything they hear. Now listen, you know what? I'm going to never on purpose, best of my ability, try to deceive you. But listen, if you don't know what the Word of God says, how do you know if I'm telling the truth or not? Okay? No, listen, folks. And again, I'm not telling you because we just talked about being quarrelsome. I'm not trying to tell you just to be argumentative about everything. 
But you better make sure the facts are right. Amen? And that comes true when it comes to the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. It also comes true when it comes to what we're hearing about different things going on in the country. Amen? And so, uh, deceit. The next word we see is the word malignity. That simply means mischievousness. Uh, uh, talking about gaining a reputation for faulty character. By the way, it's so important that as Christians, we ought to be more concerned about our character than our reputation. Okay? Let me tell you what reputation is. Reputation is what people think you are. Character is what God knows you are. And by the way, you can have a good reputation and you know maybe be slick, maybe be deceptive and fool a lot of people. But I'll tell you this, you can't have, uh, you have good character without having a good reputation. Amen? you got good character, you'll have a good reputation. We ought to be more concerned about what God thinks about us than what everybody else thinks about us. Amen? And people that are, are malignant, all they care about is mischievousness and, and a reputation for faulty character. The next thing we see is whispers. A reprobate is soon given over to gossip. Gathering information, secretly spreading it to cause problems and turmoil. I'm telling you, man, this, this, is, this is part of the agenda is to spread this stuff. I mean, they tell us, okay? Have you heard much about this new AI technology? It's called, uh, I think it's called, um, uh, there's this new AI system. It's called Chatbot something, or GPT or something, okay? This is a, a AI system, artificial intelligence system, that is, they, they've invented this thing, and I believe there's spiritual stuff going on behind it, to think for itself, okay? In fact, let me tell you what this thing's doing. They're, they're, they're running tests with it. They'll talk to it. It talks back, and it actually has a form of, of awareness about it, okay, consciousness about it. And, um, but uh, they, they, they found this thing. They've observed this thing, um, making up lies about people and then providing false information to back up the lies. Like if they're trying to frame somebody or get at somebody, they'll start spreading rumors, and then this, this AI intelligence then can provide the supposed proof to back up the lie that it's created. I'm going to tell you, folks, listen, that's where we're going with this stuff. I mean, what makes you think? I mean, this has happened all throughout. It's happened all throughout the Bible, false accusations. What makes you think, okay, that they don't, uh, they don't like what certain preachers preach? Okay, just like what I'm preaching. They don't like this stuff being out there. They don't like being exposed. And what makes you think that they couldn't start some things, start rumors, and supposedly come up with proof of rumors to frame people? Listen, this is not tin hat foil stuff here. This is not conspiracy stuff. Now, and, and it could very well be right down the pipe. I mean, listen, all it takes is a false accusation and a little bit of supposed proof to back it up, and you could ruin somebody for life. And I'm going to tell you, folks, that's what this is about, okay? And I'm not saying they'll do it with artificial intelligence. People are involved in doing this stuff. Whispers, amen? That's why it's so important as a Christian to make sure that we're not involved in that kind of stuff. Backbiters, a reprobate is given over to being a braggart and a boaster. And that's what that's talking about. The next thing we see is haters of God. Uh, that word um, hate there, it literally means this. Man, this is so true. Hateful towards God. Hateful towards God. They've taken the side of the devil in the battle of good and evil. You know, there used to be a time in this country where even lost heathen people had a fear of God. They wouldn't do certain things. That's why they never had to used to lock up the church house because people were literally afraid to do something against the God of heaven. Not anymore. Listen, folks, people don't just hate God. They're hateful towards God and towards God's people. 
Amen? And man, that is, that is what we see happening uh, all throughout the land. The next thing we see is the spiteful. Uh, a reprobate becomes injurious, uh, insulting. Uh, they give themselves to inflicting hurt upon other people's lives. Okay? And they don't care how they do it, whether it's through character assassination, whether it's through physical hurt. I mean, they don't care. Despiteful. I mean, all these supposed, uh, you know, riots that were going on within the last couple of years. Listen, folks, people would come into, uh, come into cities just like a plague of locusts. They didn't care about business owners. They didn't, I mean, they, all they were concerned about was their agenda. And truth be told, if you ever really saw some, a lot of video about that stuff, man, there was, they were being controlled by something, I can tell you that. They don't care. All they cared about was what was on their mind. They would loot. They would burn. They didn't care about anything. Man, you know what that is? That's despiteful. All they cared about, hurting other people. Surprise, surprise, this is on the list. Proud. <laughs> Amen. Proud. Haughty and proud. Man, that doesn't seem like every sin is somehow connected to the sin of pride. How about this? Inventors of evil things. Man, that's interesting, is it not? A discoverer of evil things. Uh, a, a reprobate is one who finds and introduces depraved, harmful, bad or wicked things and practices. And folks, I'm going to tell you, there, there are certain things that's going on I can't even talk about. I wouldn't even talk about. You know, I, I don't even want that stuff in my mind. But you know what? I'm telling you, folks, this thing of inventing evil things, if you don't think this is going on, then you got your head in the sand. There is so much wickedness and evil that goes on. Unfortunately, it's, it, it, it's not necessarily, and sometimes it is, but it's, it's below the surface a little bit. But my goodness, there's a lot of this garbage stuff going on. Surprise, surprise, guess what's next on the list? We talked about it this morning. Disobedient to parents. I mean, think about it. Of all the things God put on the list of a reprobate, this is sandwiched right in the middle of them all. Disobedient to parents. Listen, a reprobate is one that's bent on doing the opposite of their, of, of, of their of good counsel and wishes. By the way, isn't it interesting here? Think about this for a minute, okay? You know what this tells us, the fact that God put this in here? There's a lot of young people that are reprobate. I mean, isn't it sad to think that there literally are, are, are young people that still living under the authority of their parents that can reach the point of a reprobate mind? Man, that's scary, amen? And that's why, young people, I said what I said this morning. I hope I put some fear of God in you about obeying your parents and obeying authority. The next thing we see is this, without understanding. A reprobate is unintelligent, un unwilling to understand. He fights against logic and reason in order to be right and, and, uh, or in order to choose wrong over right. I mean, come on, folks, man. So many things about this, okay? If you were just logically thought, there's no way you'd believe in evolution. No way. If you were logic, okay? I mean, if you, if you thought with logic. I mean, if you just thought with logic, no one would believe that socialism is better than capitalism. If you just thought with logic. Nobody would. But again, you know what? That's not what they do. Because they're, by the way, they're willingly ignorant. Willingly ignorant. The next thing we see on the list, covenant breakers. I mean, talking about being treacherous, not trusted with making an agreement or entering into a contract. The next thing we see, without natural affection. Man, this is, this is such an important term here. Without natural affection. I mean, folks, listen. Uh, God has put within every human being some kind of moral code. That's why people that have never even been exposed to the Bible or Bible truth or the gospel, I mean, these heathen tribes in the middle of the jungle still know that it's wrong to, you know, uh, steal your neighbor's wife. 
They still know that it's wrong to murder and kill. They've never been exposed to biblical truth. How do they know that? Because God has made within every single person a moral code. Right? And listen, let me tell you what's amazing to me, is that we see people that just within what ought to be considered normal, a love for family, a love for things that, that just normal people would have, that's not there without natural affection. Like I just said earlier, the illustrations I gave you of, of, of women literally uh, having a baby and just, just discarding it in a garbage pile. Oh, that's happened. That happens a lot, by the way. Isn't it pretty pathetic that you would have to have at your local fire station what they call a baby safe box? Where people can just randomly, without consequences, drop off a baby because too many people are just abandoning their own children, the own fruit of their womb? I mean, my goodness. And if not just with that, I mean, you could chase that all through, um, all through different uh, areas of life without natural affection. By the way, listen, listen to me, folks. It is natural for a, for a man to fall in love with a woman and a woman to fall in love with a man. That is natural. That's the way God intended for it to be. Okay? And by the way, okay, let me just uh, 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 load a, sh a shell in the shotgun and blow holes in this theory. Nobody is born gay. Nobody's born a sodomite. Okay? They choose that path. And by the way, you know how? That's why. Come on now. I, heard, I read a thing the other day and I loved it. It was so good. It said if you took uh, and put uh, men and the women on an island and come back a hundred years from now, you'd find a healthy society with men, women, and children. If you put men and, and, and uh, um, uh, transgender men on an island, okay, or, or transgender, yeah, women, whatever, on an island, you'd come nothing. You know why? Because it's not the natural order of things. Okay? It, it, these things are natural. That is why they're going after the minds of our children. That's why they're pushing this perverseness in public schools. Okay? Listen, if they can get to the minds of our kids, then they can change the thinking around. They can rewire what God made to be normal and natural. Amen? Let me tell you, this is a messed up world we're living in without natural affection. What's the next thing we see on the list? We don't hear this word much or see it much, but the word uh, implacable, it means a truce breaker. Someone that cannot be trusted because they're given to deceit and would rather have conflict than peace. And the last thing we see is this, unmerciful. All right, lacking mercy. One of the, one of the number one attributes of our God is mercy, is mercy. Amen? And we all ought to be thankful for that. By the way, one of the one at, main attributes ought to be of God's children is mercy as well. I mean, the Bible says, be ye merciful as your Father also in heaven is merciful. So if, if people are not showing mercy, they're, unmerc they're, they're unmerciful, and uh, that is a, uh, an attribute of a reprobate. No mercy whatsoever. Amen? Now listen, again, many of these things we, we, we look through tonight are the same things you find in 2 Timothy about the sins of the last days. Let me tell you what we've got to do as Christians. We must strive to be the opposite of this reprobate world. Amen? We've got to strive to be opposite. I'm going to tell you, some of the sins I talked about tonight are sins, if we're not careful, we can be involved in. Sure it is. Listen, let me just remind us all of something, okay? There's not one sin that I mentioned tonight, and by the way, any sin uh, at all, that my flesh and your flesh isn't capable of committing. All these sins we're capable of committing. And that's why it's important as Christians, we don't play around with sin. Amen? I get it. Like I always say, you'll never be sinless. But let me tell you, we, we shouldn't be letting sin have dominion over our lives. 
Amen? We ought to be having victory over these things. And by the way, when we do sin, we ought to get it right and confess it before our God. Amen? And, and stay clean and right. Because I'm going to tell you, ain't nobody wants to go down this path. You don't want God to give you over to the reprobate line. You get to that point, ain't no more hope for you. Let me tell you what I believe. I believe a lot of people in this world we're living in, they've been given over. It don't matter how many times God gives them an opportunity, they reject it, the heart gets harder, they keep committing a sin. At some point, God says, enough is enough. Amen? And there's no hope for them. So, um, again, I pray that the, uh, these things will help us understand kind of what's going on. But more than just what's going on in our world, I want these things to help us and motivate us as Christians to be what we ought to be for the Lord. Amen? Let's pray.